What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with a two-round Superflex mock draft with landing spots. So in today's video, as you guys know, as we've done a couple times so far, we're going to be reacting to Todd McShay from ESPN's uh, official mock draft. He did a two-round mock draft that he released on like Monday. And instead of doing the traditional, we talk about the landing spots, how it matters for fantasy, whereabouts we take them in a rookie draft, we're going to actually do a mock draft, two-round Superflex mock draft based on McShay's mock. So as if this happened, the way that McShay has it listed out, we're going to react to those landing spots by doing an official mock draft so that we can get some good practice with some real landing spots for these prospects and see how things change uh, based on the landing spots that we have in the draft capital and all that kind of stuff. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, you guys know what to do. Hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below. Anything, we will answer your comments. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. We are closing in on 10,000 subscribers. We want to get there by the NFL draft. But all that mumbo jumbo aside, Danny, how you doing today? Doing well, doing well. And yeah, I just remembered as soon as we hit 9580 yesterday, I sent you that little uh, 420 off of 10K. I mean, we're a little closer to 10K now, but uh, I mean, yeah, we're about 9600. Get us to 10K by the draft and uh, we'll love you guys forever. But yeah, I mean, this mock draft here is going to be basically assigning those players, assigning those teams and kind of giving us those matches that we've been craving until April 28th to happen, man. Let's be fucking honest. Because at the end of the day here, doing these rookie mocks, we can do as much practice and practice and practice. But at the end of the day, you need that draft capital to be able to understand and contextualize actual appropriate player values. Because if the NFL doesn't view a guy in a certain light that we do, guess what? It's probably going to be close to the fact that the NFL is right on that person rather than we're right. Right, exactly. And especially with the quarterbacks, because I think they're the wild card in all of this because we don't know the draft capital, whereas last year we knew these guys were all locked in first round picks. So we were picking them pretty high in rookie mock drafts. So like I said, if you guys enjoy, like, comment, subscribe, check out the Patreon. If you want more Dynasty rookie content, our rankings are available there. You can also check out Underdog Fantasy using promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit. You'll get access to our rankings that way. But before we get into it, let's hit the intro. All right, so let's get into this mock draft. I will have the landing spots listed somewhere on the screen or I'll just show them when we talk about the player. I haven't really decided how I'm going to edit this thing yet, but let's start <laughs> with the 101. And pre-draft, uh, my 101 is Brees Hall. I believe your 101 is Brees Hall now as well. You had it at Malik yeah. Willis for a while, but um, based on this draft, let's look at those two guys because typically we don't want to let landing spots sway us too much, but draft capital is very important, especially for the quarterback position. So at the 101, I'll let you go first. You can take the odd numbers here. Are you going to go with Brees Hall? And in uh, McShay's mock draft, he went to the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> at pick 50 uh, overall, second round pick. And uh, Malik Willis went to the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 20 in the first round. Yeah. And I mean, it, again, if Malik Willis had gotten, you know, top five, top 10 type of draft capital, I think that would be more of a discussion. But I mean, given the prospect profile, given the freaking landing spot here, given the projectability of a Brees Hall, uh, especially in terms of value insulation in that offense. I mean, this is not a Clyde Edwards hilarious scenario where they're taking an inferior back to his draft position. Now, like he is, Brees Hall is well worth this pick. And if Brees Hall is landing in KC, Brees Hall is going to be their workhorse. Brees Hall is going to be their main back. I don't want to hear all the spugas that might happen on Twitter. Oh, CH was taken higher. Therefore, he's going to get first. No, none of that bullshit. If the Chiefs actually went and picked Brees Hall, 
he is their 250, 300, 350 type of opportunity type of back. As a result, I mean, you, you have to take him here with that 101. I don't think it's a debate. Yeah, they they basically correct the pick that they should have made in 2020 and take, you know, the next closest thing to the Jonathan Taylor profile from an athleticism and a production standpoint. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty clear 101 to me. Brees Hall would be my pick there as well. Now, you guys know pre-draft, I have Sam Howell as my quarterback one and Matt Corral as my quarterback two. Malik Willis is actually my quarterback three. But in this mock draft, both of those top two guys fell out of the first round. So I'd have to make a pivot here. I, I As much as I like those guys a little bit better, the first round draft capital is a deal breaker for me at the quarterback position. So I'll make the easy pick here and I'll go with Malik Willis going 20th overall to the Steelers. I think we all agree that this is a good landing spot for him. He has good weapons around him. We've talked about this fit numerous times, so I'm not going to get into that. They have the quarterback coaching staff and everything available to him that he'll develop hopefully as a passer because he does need a lot of work and going to a great franchise like Pittsburgh would help him with that. Now uh, I get into the biggest decision point so far in this mock and we see three beautiful wide receiver profiles, obviously distinguishing between Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Traylon Burks here. When you're comparing draft capital, obviously, as you would you would have seen that, but Garrett Wilson, fourth overall to the Jets, eighth overall to the Falcons for Drake London, and then Traylon Burks falling to the 23rd pick with the Cardinals. It's tough. I'm going to lean with my wide receiver to pre-draft, and that's going to be Drake London here. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity. You guys would have saw the matchmaker uh, we actually recorded with Trevor Sikama, but there is plenty of opportunity over there with the Atlanta Falcons to earn targets. And as we've seen, the only thing that Gar or not Gary Wilson, Drake London has known since he's been at USC is earning targets. I mean, that guy does it like nobody else in this class. Yeah, I don't disagree with that pick. Drake London would have been my pick there as well. The one thing I will say here is because Kenneth Walker went to the Buffalo Bills, I, I have no problem if somebody wanted to take Kenneth Walker, if this were to happen, as high as 102, to be honest. Because I think Kenneth Walker is a, you know, a better prospect than I initially talked about in the tail of the tape. I think you know we are you know concerned about the receiving profile. That's not going away. But if you get a great landing spot like this, it's pretty hard for me to not say that you're worthy of taking it to 102, 103 overall. Am I going to take Kenneth Walker here? I don't know, man. This would probably all depend on your team. You're doing this. We're doing this rookie mock draft from no team context. If I had a, you know, a stacked wide receiver core and an, a lackluster running back core, and I wanted to go with Kenneth Walker with this pick, I'd probably go with it. But for now, I'm going to take the fourth overall draft capital for Garrett Wilson yeah. and take him at 104. For me, I have uh, Traylon Burks pre-draft over Garrett Wilson, but they're separated between like seven points in my grading system. So landing spot and draft capital will kind of determine which guy I value post-draft. And I really like Traylon Burks' landing spot going to Arizona, but when you take a wide receiver in the top five overall picks, like the Jets would do in this scenario, then you have a, a very clear vision in mind for that receiver. I talked about it in the video with Trevor yesterday that Garrett Wilson is my dream, like the dream landing spot for me is the New York Jets because him and Elijah Moore are similar type of players in that offense where everything's wide open and spread out. You can get those guys versatility and use them interchangeably to keep defenses guessing. And both of those dudes could be, you know, 130, 140, 150 target guys. And you funnel your passing offense through those guys. I'll quickly say one thing, just looking at these wide receivers as a whole, uh, the majority of them actually ended up in the spots you had match made with them. I, I literally, the only one that didn't was I had Drake London to the Texans, but it was for similar reasoning for the Falcons, yeah. uh, just target volume oh. and stuff like that. So yeah, it actually, I, I would have nailed it if this ends up happening. Well, yeah, I mean, even, even the uh, guys under Drake London there too. I mean, we'll get into some of these names in this mock, but I mean, kudos to Bush with that little uh, match make. But yeah, I got JMO and Dotson's landing spot correct too. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But either way, I mean, I'm at here at the fifth overall pick and my wide receiver one's on the board here. Yeah. Is the draft capital a little like not concerning to say the least, but is it like, you know, dwelling in comparison to, you know, fourth overall and eighth overall? Absolutely. But I mean, at the end of the day here, you trust the talent, you trust that situation with the Cardinals. I mean, you mentioned it on the matchmaker video, getting an athlete like Traylon Burks to kind of play that yards after catch. I don't want to say pseudo Debo Samuel type of role, but he can offer you that level of physicality after the catch and just giving that team an abundance of electricity, abund abundance of playmaking potential between DeAndre Hopkins, between the Traylon Burks, between Rondell Moore. Like this is going to be one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah. And as I kind of talked about, we, uh, Trevor and I both kind of shared the same concern. Like, are they going to know how to use the guy? Because he's, you know, that is the concern, the type, the type of receiver he is, he does need to go to probably a creative offensive mind. And Cliff Kingsbury looks like a creative offensive mind, like physically <laughs> good looking guy. Actually yeah. one. So we'd be a little bit concerned from that perspective. It gives them some size in that wide receiver core. Don't mind my dog barking in the background. We got the one Oh six on the board here. Kenneth Walker would be my pick. Again, you guys might be screaming in the comments. How the hell could you let him fall? The Buffalo <laughs> Bills starting running back to 106. Again, I have no problems if you want to take him like 102. But I'm going to stick with my pre-draft you know, uh, intuition, basically, and say that Kenneth Walker is not a sure thing. He does have question marks and blemishes on his profile. But again, if he goes to the Buffalo Bills, that definitely squashes some of those concerns for me. Yeah, no qualms with that. I do think uh, Kenneth Walker on the Bills, a ton of touchdown opportunity, one of the best offices in the league, a ton of value insulation in that situation. And to the point that, I mean, you know, he has a couple games where he has a couple touchdowns in season. He's definitely somebody that will gauge a ton of interest in your league from an insulation standpoint. So sixth overall, no qualms with that. My seventh overall pick, I mean, we like citing this spot all the time. Obviously a clear you know, missing need there now with Tyree kill out of town. But I mean, Jamison Williams going to the Kansas city chiefs, you need someone to replace that uh, Tyree kill type of role. There's not many better than the class in terms of being a pure three level threat that Jamison Williams represents. And I mean, from a sheer projectability standpoint, from a sheer upside standpoint, we could be looking at, you know, Mahomes' new favorite toy. Yeah, that it's a pretty easy marriage uh, with those two guys. Yeah. With you know, you get the fastest receiver in the draft to replace Tyreek Hill. It's pretty easy to make. The one thing I will say quickly on the Kenneth Walker thing is, if you guys were, if this happened the way we have it setting out here, and you picked 102, 103, and you wanted to trade down to 104, 105, 106, get one of those wide receivers and sell the idea of Kenneth Walker on the Buffalo Bills and pick up a 2023 first because that might be the tier difference, right on the market. People might value that so highly. They're willing to give you a 2023 first on top of the 105 or the 106 to get up and get Kenneth Walker. It might be that big of a difference in their mind. So that could be a move that you could be looking to make. 107, Jamison Williams would have been my pick there as well. The guy I'm going to go with at 108, I'm pretty sure you know probably what direction yeah. I'm going. Give me Jahan Dotson on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Jahan Dotson in this mock draft went uh, 22nd overall to Green Bay. I talked about it in yeah. the video yesterday with, uh, with Trevor that I think Jahan Dotson's the perfect fit for this offense. And he mentioned that they don't typically go for, you know, smaller wide receivers, but Jahan Dotson is what Aaron Rodgers loves in his wide receivers, which is that he's going to get open consistently. He's going to catch the ball. He's the best hands in this entire class, and he's going to be reliable. And that's what Aaron Rodgers tends to like MVSs and Equinamia St. Browns who are bigger, more physical, maybe even have better athleticism than Jahan Dotson. But what they don't do as well as Jahan Dotson is get open and catch the ball consistently. So uh, I think Jahan Dotson to the Packers, this would be a steal at 108. If you're picking in this area of the draft, you'd have to be ecstatic with this kind of pick. Absolutely agree. Now, my pick at 109 is uh, 
is really between two, in my opinion. I know you're lower on Pickett, but that sixth overall draft capital is hard to argue with, especially with that insulation with the weapons that Carolina has going for them. But the pick that I'm actually going to make first is the last of the remaining top wide receivers in the first round. Again, like you could talk about Christian Watson. I'm sure we'll mention him soon. But Chris Olave, 11th overall draft capital to the Washington Commanders. I mean, quite simple. That team needs a playmaker opposite of Terry McLaurin. And why not get the Ohio State product that is going to be combating with any single other player in this class in terms of being a sheer separator, a sheer route runner, and a sheer uh, player that can win on all three levels of the field given his separation skills. Giving that ability, giving that type of asset to a guy in Carson Wentz, bringing him in, pairing him out opposite of Terry McLaurin, 109 is going to look at like a very good value within a year. Yeah, this is um I would say this is a pivot point in the draft now. Um, because these guys were pretty clear and obvious to me. They'd be the next yeah. pick. This is I would not make this pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna just preface it with this, but sixth overall draft capital for Kenny Pickett tough is undeniable. Argue. It's top yeah. 10 draft capital for a quarterback. So if you don't like Kenny Pickett, like I don't really like Kenny Pickett that much. What I'd be doing, like I said with Kenneth Walker, is selling the idea of a starting quarterback with top 10 draft capital and trading down or trading for an existing veteran. Maybe you trade the 110. They're going to take Kenny Pickett. You go trade that away for maybe an uh, older quarterback like Derek Carr, or you trade it for Kirk Cousins, or you trade it for maybe a younger quarterback with some question marks. Like you can trade, you know, the 110 and a, a small piece for Zach Wilson or something like that. So that's probably what I would be looking to do in this position. But I do think Kenny Pickett belongs with the top six overall draft capital to be in, in the first round consideration. And Danny, you're on the board with the 111. Yeah. And uh, this is a decision for me between three players at this point. It's going to be two quarterbacks or it's going to be the player I'm going to take. I'm actually going to take Sky Moore here, a uh, wide receiver from Western Michigan, 36th overall draft capital landing with the New York Giants here. Is the landing spot per se on paper as ideal as I would have anticipated for a guy like Sky Moore? No, like, I mean, you you have better landing spots than the Giants, but you can't argue with the fact that uh, 36th overall draft capital is still nothing to sneeze at. And we saw a similar scenario last year with uh, none other than little Elijah Moore, you know, 34th overall to the New York Jets. You get his uh, quote-unquote brother going two picks later to the other New York team the year after. I'm all in. I mean, this is your Golden Tate 2.0, yards after catch type of beast. And point blank, wherever he goes, I think he's going to be a successful player because that's the type of player I saw when watching him. Yep. I, I, I probably wouldn't make that pick. I would probably have gone with Desmond Ritter, who is who I'm going to pick right here. That was the, the uh, other consideration. And again, I'd probably pick Desmond Ritter straight up over Kenny Pickett. If I had, if this scenario played out, I would probably pick Desmond Ritter straight up over Kenny Pickett. Yeah. The draft capital favors Kenny Pickett, but it's still first round quarterback, a much better landing spot, a, probably a better prospect, especially from a fantasy perspective as well, because of the rushing ability that Desmond Ritter possesses in the, in the athleticism. So I probably would just go straight up Desmond Ritter over Kenny Pickett, but I think Kenny Pickett will go a lot higher in rookie drafts. And again, that goes back to playing the market, making sure that uh, maybe somebody wants to trade up for Kenny Pickett at like 108, 109, 110, and you trade down to 112 and just grab Desmond Ritter instead uh, in this scenario. So Desmond Ritter would be the guy that I would go with. You're on the board with the 201. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that was my other main consideration. And Sky Moore between, uh, between Sky Moore and Desmond Ritter, that was my decision point. I mentioned there was two quarterbacks that I think would be in that range. I would have went with Ritter given the expected draft capital there, 32nd versus 48. But I think the next pick has to be Sam Howell here. I mean, landing in a situation there, obviously you get long-term uh, insulation there in this scenario with Drake London and Kyle Pitts both being on that Atlanta Falcons roster. 
And with Sam Howell, I mean, I think he's a better quarterback than 48th overall, but given the fact that he did fall to that mid-second round in this mock, he's going to fall from probably a mid-to-late first-round pick on our normal boards to that first overall pick in the second round. This is when I'm willing to take the shot on him when I'm comparing, you know, Sam Howell versus Christian Watson versus Sam Howell versus Chris Olave. Right. Yeah, I, I think Sam Howell would be my next pick as well. And I'm actually going to take the other quarterback now with yep. Matt Corral. So uh, Matt Corral probably gets on the field and starts sooner than Sam Howell because you got Marcus Mariota in town in Atlanta. But I think Sam Howell is the better prospect. I think it's, I mean, I don't know if the landing spot is better, but uh, I think the Atlanta Falcons would probably turn it around faster than the Seattle Seahawks. And I think Sam Howell is also a perfect fit for the Atlanta Falcons scheme with, uh, with Arthur Smith. And he would probably develop, you know, into like a Ryan Tannehill like passer, I think in that scheme. So I really like the landing spot for both those guys, but with Corral, uh, give me, you know, again, not a first round quarterback. So that hurts him and dings him a little bit, which is why he's fallen out of the first round here, but high second round draft capital is still enough to make me, you know, want to pick him at the early second round point in my rookie drafts and super flex leagues. Yep. Absolutely agree. Uh, my next pick here, two Oh three, uh, it's tough. Obviously, we don't know where Spiller is landing here. For the simplicity of the video, I'm going to assume he gets some mid-round mid three type of draft capital. And it's tough because, I mean, you're comparing Isaiah Spiller versus George Pickens versus Christian Watson here. Uh, I'm going to trust my eyes here. I mean, I, Isaiah Spiller, if he gets straight to day two type of draft capital, I just think from a sheer opportunity standpoint, from a sheer what I saw from this guy on tape standpoint – he is going to be worth the 203. So taking him here, you know, projecting opportunity is going to be tough to know exactly where he lands, but 203 just seems way too far for Isaiah Spiller if he goes day, uh, on round three. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have, you know, the landing spot for Isaiah Spiller for sure. when he gets drafted. But again, another thing to take away from these mock draft reactions is that he didn't go on, you know, in round two or in round one. And yep. Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker did go. And that's probably what's going to happen in the actual NFL draft this again. Todd McShay is a very plugged in analyst. He has sources in the league. I'm pretty sure if he doesn't have Isaiah Spiller going in round one or two, it means he's not going to go in round one or two. So we got to be you know, aware of that. A third round running back versus a first round wide receiver like Christian Watson or an early second round wide receiver like George Pickens. Maybe you wouldn't make that pick. Again, we're a little bit higher on Isaiah Spiller than most people. And a little bit lower comparatively on those other two guys. But I do think it's a conversation point if Isaiah Spiller still lands maybe in a good situation where he has some opportunity in front of him. If he goes to the third round, uh, to the Houston Texans, which I mean, offensively, not a very good situation, but a lot of opportunity in front of them, uh, you know, take advantage of, I think I'm willing to make a pick like that. So the next pick I would go with here is Christian Watson. Give me the first round wide receiver. Yep. Smart Again, pick. maybe a little bit late for him at this point, being that he did go in the first round. Tennessee is probably a really good landing spot for him too. I think it would uh, ver really accentuate his, his skill set playing in a scheme that's like very play action heavy. He could sit and, you know, wait a little bit. He doesn't need to be productive right away because AJ Brown and Robert Woods would probably take the, you know, the brunt of the load there and he'd be able to be productive in year two, year three. But I think with Christian Watson, I'll talk about this. I'm going to do his tail of the tape at some point in the next couple of days. Uh, he's a guy that I am willing to take in the mid second round, early to mid second round, but I can't spend a first round rookie pick on the dude because he simply needs too much work. He has so far to go as a wide receiver to convert from an athlete to a wide receiver. And even if he becomes the best case scenario, my comp for him is Chase Claypool, a little bit more slender than Chase Claypool, but that scenario, like Chase Claypool was still a third round rookie pick, right? Like, and he was a second round wide receiver and he happened to develop a little bit quicker than we expected, but I don't think Christian Watson is going to develop quite that fast. So I think year two, year three is probably when you see 
Christian Watson really hit his stride from a fantasy perspective. So that's probably where I would be willing to take him is that early second round, mid second round area. Yeah, no, no qualms with that. I think the first round draft capital is the uh, sticking point here and why he made it this far up because point frankly, there's a lot of inconsistencies that go on with the actual prospect profile of a Watson. But again, the NFL is going to know more than us. So therefore, he's going to find his way into this early portion of the second round. So agree with you there. George Pickens can be my next pick here. Uh, obviously, uh, a little bit disappointing, as you kind of mentioned when you did his tail of the tape. However, giving a landing spot mid second round here with the Indianapolis Colts. I think would be a, a very, very good fit for him, you know, operating alongside of a guy like Michael Pittman Jr. You get a guy that can stretch the field for you. You get another weapon for Matt Ryan in that offense. And what could be potentially maybe one of the sneakier upside offenses in the NFL next year? Yeah, I think that's that's a phenomenal landing spot for him. We we I, Did anybody match George Pickens to the Indianapolis Colts? But I, um, I'm pretty sure it was like a really good spot. Like on paper, I'd be like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, some, I think somebody did. Was it me? I think it was you, bro. Because yeah, I, I, think it was I me. I can't even Trevor, remember. Trevor had Sky I mean, Moore. Yeah. Trevor had Sky Moore, I believe. Yeah, no, he had Jahan Dotson there. Jo- Jahan Dotson, that's it. Okay, similar type of player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but George Pickens in the Indianapolis Colts offense, he'd be the field stretcher that they're going to be missing now without T.Y. Hilton in town. I think that's a great, that's a great landing spot for George Pickens. And I think we might have even taken him a little bit too late in this mock draft. He'd probably be more so the 202, 203 for most people. Um, sure. 205 would be pretty solid value for him there. I'm going to take a guy that didn't actually go in uh, in the two-round mock draft. Give me David Bell here. I, I think he's a better prospect than both uh, Christian Watson and George Pickens. But again, let's for, for the purpose of this exercise, let's assume David Bell went in round three. And if a round three David Bell versus a you know round one Christian Watson, I would take the, the draft capital um, investment that Christian Watson would get, depending on the landing spot, obviously. But if, if David Bell goes early in the third round to you know the Cleveland Browns or the Chicago Bears or something like that, I still think he'd be well worth this pick. Yep. No, uh, no qualms with that. I think David Bell is obviously a, a very good prospect and uh, a spot that we really liked in that matchmaker video. Obviously you guys can rewatch that if you want to see the full video in depth, but I mean, talk about a Jarvis Landry replacement, maybe third round. He goes to the Cleveland Browns. He is insulated to or attached to Deshaun Watson for the long-term future. Like give me that all day. This is a guy that I can see in a certain situation where he can operate as that slot for a top offense like that where he could be a you know 110 120 130 type of target guy that can operate in that intermediate portion of the field so 206 no qualms with that very good value uh i'm gonna go with another receiver here and uh, obviously there is some bias here but i mean landing with the new orleans saints top 50 overall draft capital yeah he is not the highest ceiling type of prospect i'm gonna fully admit that athleticism wise production wise he's not going to be up there with some of these other guys but i mean given the landing spot given the draft capital given the intangibles that we've seen uh from him especially in the film community like i think john mechie's more than worth this pick given yeah that, he's kind of like a poor man's team. david bell honestly like yeah. not a very good athlete maybe he's a better athlete than david bell better but athlete, yeah. the production and the target share and the analytics background that uh that david yeah. bell has so i think that's a fine pick there um looking at the board right now I mean, it's kind of drying up a little bit, obviously. this is I think this is what you're going to notice in a lot of your rookie drafts is that when you get to this point, just like literally take anybody and anybody that you like. Uh, yeah. Give me Rashad White here. I, I, again, we're just for the purpose of this exercise, let's just assume he goes sometime on day two. I'm not the biggest Rashad White guy, but if I could get him at the end of the second round for a guy that I think could be at the very least a primary receiving back for an NFL team, if he gets solid draft capital, I'll take Rashad White there at 2-8. For sure. Uh, it's a really, really weird point. Obviously, we don't know where some of these, you know, 
uh, day two, three type of contingents land? Like, does James Cook get day two draft capital? Does, you know, Justin Ross get day two capital? Samir White get day two capital? Wandale, Alec, like there's so many guys that we don't really know because we can't contextualize what the third round would look like in this scenario. So for that reason, I'm just going to go with one that is kind of like your Cole Komet type of pick where like, you know, you're not going to, miss when taking this guy and i mean trey mcbride obviously from an athleticism profile from a draft capital profile standpoint he's probably not going to be the biggest contributor year one but you're talking about two three years down the line can he work his way into that tight end one conversation i absolutely think he's got the profile he's got the draft capital here to be able to do so so getting him here at the 209 given the fact we don't know what round three looks like i'm more than fine with making this pick yeah, I, I think Cole Komet's a perfect comparison for him. I think that's exactly what you're expecting out of Trey McBride. He's not a great tight end prospect. He's not elite or anything. He's not as good even as Pat Fryermuth was last year, let alone obviously Kyle Pitts. Uh, Trey McBride, good good enough profile, good enough target share, good enough athleticism that he's probably worth a back end of the second round pick. And obviously if he goes to Green Bay, it's a pretty good landing spot to be yeah. attached to as well. So I'll actually there. go. You mentioned Justin Ross. Give me Justin Ross here again. For the purposes of ex this exercise, I think, Justin Ross is probably likely going to go in the third or the fourth round of the actual NFL draft. I still think there's a chance at this point in the draft, take it upside swing on the freshman Justin Ross still being there. Yeah, uh, I mean, no qualms with that. Uh, and because we don't know uh, of the status of Wandale and Alec Peters and some of these other receivers, I'll just go with uh, one of the receivers that was actually mentioned in this box and one that has a ton of opportunity landing with the Chicago Bears being that, you know, prototypical two to what you expect with Darnell Mooney to develop into as the one. Give me Jalen Tolbert here. Uh, not a great profile. A lot of inconsistencies with uh, what he actually represents, but you can't deny 58th overall pick drop capital here. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good pick there. Um, so Greg Dolchich is the last player that went in this mock that will not be, I'm not taking him here at 212 <laughs> because he's not. Tampa Bay Buccaneer, great. I also just don't think he's that, like, I don't think this is going to happen. I, I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't currently have a tight end right now, but Gronk is going to be back closer to training camp. I'm firmly in that camp right now. All right. So I'm on the board here with the 212 and I mean, you guys know where I'm going. Tyler Algier, <laughs> we don't know where he's going to go in this draft, but if he's third, fourth round pick. You guys know he's a my guy for me, so I'll take Tyler Algier here. Physical, tough, elusive, good contact balance, good enough receiver, solid athlete, but not a great athlete. Everybody's acting like he tested terribly. His athletic score is like 7.5. Yeah. It's like a 77th percentile <laughs> number. So I don't know where he's a bad athlete came from because he's a fine athlete. Uh, so Tyler Algier, just assume he goes to like the Falcons in the third round or the fourth round or something like that. And that's probably where he would slot in for me. Maybe even comes in a little bit higher depending on the landing spot. But of course... Only have a two-round mock draft to work with. So that's what we think of this mock draft. That's This is how, if this scenario played out, we would uh, draft this team. And again, I will show how the mock draft played out on the screen again so you guys can see where the picks were. Maybe uh, comment down below what you would change. Are we too low on you know Watson? Are we too low on Pickens? Are we too low on Pickett? Whoever you guys like that we uh, maybe took a little bit later than you would have, uh, comment that down below. Of course, like the video if you enjoyed. Uh, subscribe to the channel as well if you are new. We are trying to get to 10,000 subscribers ASAP. So hit the subscribe button. Doesn't cost you anything. We really, really appreciate it. If you guys are interested in seeing our Dynasty Rookie Rankings, seeing our Dynasty Rankings in general, our Patreon is located in the description. And you can also get our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto by depositing on underdogfantasy.com. The link is in the description for that. 
promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit. They have tons of contests going on right now. Pickums for basketball. If you guys are basketball fans, they have uh, big board, super flex, big board drafts going on right now. Rookies and sophomores only drafts. That'll be ending around the NFL draft time. You can use promo code FSE for a hundred percent match back on your deposit. 50 bucks on the site. We'll get you a hundred dollars to play with. And you'll also get our dynasty rankings manifesto totally for free. Even if you only deposit 10, 20 bucks, you'll still get it for free. Yeah, no, fully an absolute great deal. A great bang for your buck by supporting us, supporting underdog and having some fun while you do it. So fully agree there. Underdog fantasy do not miss out on that opportunity, but yeah, it was fun kind of just, you know, assigning names, assigning players, assigning teams to some of these highly uh, thought after, highly sought after prospects. And I mean, I'll, I'll just say right now, comment your favorite fit, your favorite player to team fit on this video. And the one all, that's all the Kansas City is going to be like, the, the, the fit that most people comment. It, I, I think Walker to Buffalo would be a phenomenal fit as well. J-Mo to the, the Chiefs is insane. Like there's a lot of good fit. fits in this mock. This is like, it, it's almost like a fantasy player made this mock with the way McShay did this. Can we just talk about the Chiefs offense if they added Jamison and Brees Hall in this draft? Oh yeah, that'd be insane. <laughs> oh, for sure. But uh, either way, hope y'all enjoyed and make sure to comment that landing spot down below. Peace out. Enjoy your day.